I'm your host, Ota, today. I hope you're having a blessed evening. Today we celebrate Martin Luther King's Day. We celebrate his legacy. We celebrate this civil rights movement. We celebrate the sacrifices that everyone did for us, for us to have these opportunities today. We celebrate this dream and that this dream never stops because the dream of hope and to getting better is more to see out there for us as opportunities. We keep the dream alive. The dream just don't stop with us, but the dream continue with our young youth. Sometimes I think that, you know, our young youth don't know all the things that Martin Luther King has done. You know, do the school really teach them about Martin Luther King? Because the academics and the history classes that they do have now, they don't teach you everything about our black leaders. So sometimes you have to go to the library and educate yourself. And if you're willing to have an ear to listening, you should hear some of these uh, great leaders, these great activists who fought for some of the things that we can do today. Opportunities, man and woman. Martin Luther King believed in nonviolence. He was an activist from the 50s and 60s. He fought for our civil rights movements. He organized it. He traveled to other states to show them that they can have a nonviolent protest and be effective and to have a voice. He also was famous for that big march that was in Washington, D.C. As well as that great speech he did, I Have a Dream. I remember having first hands on racism. I remember going on this highway and I needed to get back to my side of the town, but I needed to get off that bridge. This was in Mississippi. I remember trying to go to the right side of the street because a truck was coming and it moved to the right side of the street. I remember going to the left side of the street and that truck moved to the left side of the street. I knew that if I didn't get across that bridge, I was going to have to jump into the river. And I knew I couldn't swim. But this truck was coming full speed and it was making sure that I didn't cross that bridge. But I got across it in time. And when I saw the truck go past, 
I saw a white man in that truck, and he kept going. That's the first time I felt racism. I never told my parents about it. I remember a young lady in school said that young black men had touched her. And she told her dad, and he came up there to the school, and he tried to kick every black person, male, black male in that school. And this made parents furious. And they came to the school for that whole week watching their kids. Because it probably would have caused a big riot. I remember my dad telling me when he was growing up he couldn't get medicine. I remember him telling me that black people couldn't get pain meds. That the doctor wouldn't give it to you. He would tell you to go home and deal with it. Or he would suggest you taking five milligram of baby aspirin. I remember seeing my dad's grandparents had their own remedies. If you stepped on a rusty nail, they had this red dye that they would put on your foot to keep you from getting infected, keep you from getting you getting locked jaw. It prevented swelling. I remember getting scars on my elbow, on my leg, and they having sad, a menthol sad that you could take and put on the wound or the cut. And it would heal that cut or burn. I remember them creating their own medicine. This is what they were left up to do. And so when I see all the changes within my eyes, and when I used to sit down and hear these stories within my parents and their parents telling these stories, I would always listen to these stories and hear things. And I felt like I learned a whole lot from that. I remember planting the garden Digging my hand into the soil, planting seeds, putting fertilizer down into the ground. I remember seeing my watermelons and peppers and string beans and tomatoes grow, my greens grow. I remember chopping wood to keep my siblings warm and my mother warm at the fireplace. I remember my parents being strong and always raising us right and how to conduct ourselves when we're out in public. I remember a story my dad told me when he was working in the cotton field. He was about the age of 17, maybe 16. A military truck was coming down the dirt road. And they were coming for my dad. They was recruiting him for the military court. During that time, I believe war was about to happen. Now I'll say it in this content. 
but I'll, I don't want this to offend anybody. But when he had that slave owner that he worked for on that cotton field, he talked to those two military guys and said that he worked for me. And those two military guys got back in that Jeep and drove off. I probably wouldn't be here today if my dad had joined that military because a lot of black men got killed in the wars. I remember hearing stories about parents saying that their son went on a boat and the boat got shot or bombed and the boat sank and their sons never came back home. Civil rights change a lot of things in our lives. Because your civil rights means no one can take you for granted. No one can give you anything and say, this is what you have. This is all you earn. We all have rights. But if you don't have a voice, you'll never know. If you don't speak up, you'll never know. You have to have a voice. And this powerful movement that Martin Luther King had, which was nonviolent, the front line, holding hands and arms, uniting together and walking, peaceful, for the cause, for the movement. Martin Luther King had that speech called, I Have a Dream. That speech was delivered around, I believe, August the 28th of 63, I believe. That speech was the rights for jobs and freedom. And our share of economic rights. and to end racism in the United States of America. Martin Luther King movement opened eyes to all cultures that they could have equal rights as well. And this is what we celebrate. I remember a story my dad told me Back in the 90s, he was, would go back and forth to visit his mom in the South. And his friend would always be the driver. He said we was in some part of Missouri, was at a restaurant. And they were waiting to be served, but they wasn't getting served. Everybody else that was coming in there was. Until one of them finally said, uh, can we get served? And they were told that we don't serve color people. And so they left and got in the vehicle as they drive off and get back on the road. A mysterious truck gets behind them and tailgates them and follow them and start bumping their bumper in the back, tailgating them, riding beside the truck using racial slurs 
Like, nigga, we gonna kill you. Get out of our town. My dad knew that this situation was getting a little bit too deep because his friend was probably at 75 miles per hour. So he told him to roll the window down as the truck was beside them using racial slurs. And my dad got his hand up under his car seat and got his gun and he shot at the vehicle until they backed off. And they hauled ass out that town doing about 100 and never looked back. This is what racism is and this was in the 90s. So it's never easy for us because when blacks talk about racism and what has been done to us, it's usually pushed upon the rug. They don't want to talk about it. We talk about reparation. With reparation, bankrupt America? I'm pretty sure. Because a lot has been done. And a lot of things ain't been dealt with the right way. A lot of things have not been fixed within racism. There's been a lot of bloodshed within racism against blacks, the brutality. But there's something special about a man when he can preach a nonviolent movement. Don't fight back as you're getting attacked by dogs. Don't fight back as you're getting sprayed by the water hose. These were the things that were going on. We have lost a lot of lives in the struggle of equal opportunity for just being black. The color of your skin. Martin Luther King has opened up doors for us and the youth of today to go for opportunity and have a voice. And we should not take it for granted, but to use it because we still have a long ways to go. There's still poverty in the black community. There's still blacks without healthcare insurance. There's still blacks that's homeless on the street. The economic doesn't match the work that you're doing. So you can survive and take care of your family. The wages are just not there. Trump would say that we're doing great. But you would have to know that all over the world. Are people still struggling in different communities? We still have a long way to go. 
One politician fixes it, the other one destroys it. Keeps us back. We're at a point now where color and the aspect, everybody needs health care insurance now. Everybody's looking for work. Everybody's looking for opportunity. Those opportunities are there now for us. For some, it's a struggle. And for some, they're blessed to have an opportunity. I could ride down towards south. I believe that would be 55 south. As you're getting down them roads and you get down there into Mississippi, you start to see certain trees that's got a strange hanging lean over look to it. It almost looked like something was hung in the trees. Or someone was hung. The soil that you walk on, a lot of people have died for the cause of freedom and opportunity. And our young youth should be taught this and understand why they have the opportunities today and why they shouldn't blow it or don't live long enough to see it. Gun violence is bad in the African community. A lot of the killing still going on and we're still losing a lot of youth. So we still got a long way to go. Everything that's designed to allow failure, we have to rise up and bring the community up. So when you leave the community and you you can change your life and you're able to come back with something, bring it back to the community. Give them hope. Give them a change. Because we can't wait on the other race to do it for us. We as a culture, we as a family have to do it for ourselves and not make each other the enemy. If Martin Luther King was alive today, what would he be thinking of what he's actually seeing for the cause? Is this the dream? Is this where it should be yet? Or should we be at another level of it more? Or we should have been somewhere better. We keep trying. We don't give up. They knock us down. We get back up. Tell the young youth that there's libraries. You may not have the, the history of black history in your school. But you can still have access to libraries. And maybe some iBooks online you can download and read through. So we have the resources there to educate ourselves. And not use the education for power to hurt others, but to uplift each other. Uplift yourself. 
having a bright mind and a solution to the problem. But be peaceful in your movement. And never teach violence. That concludes the podcast. Call Tell the World. You have a blessed evening.